Hot Takes of a Cult Kid. Check out frankietees.substack.com for more information. Welcome to Hot Takes of a Cult Kid. I'm Frankie Tees. Well, picking up from last week, I'm continuing with the seven types of propaganda devices as outlined by the Institute for Propaganda Analysis. That was a group of educators and society types who had money enough and influence enough to form this thing and create actual texts, which were distributed to junior high and high schools throughout the United States. In 1938, it seems, communism had put the fear into them, seeing what influence it could have. So making a nuanced note here, their motives may have been fairly commercial. As in, if communism wins, then democracy, and more importantly, capitalism, would pretty much perish. I like to call conversations like these when isms collide. But having put that disclaimer out there, I find all the text in here very pertinent to all the fascist dictator movements through time. They trick us into paying attention to something and behind our backs do another thing. It's a trick, a sleight of hand, a way to get one over on us humans, and very effective. And they broke it into seven major ways to use propaganda, calling them devices. The seven devices were ways politicians and other leadership made the flock of voters do things. It's an audio motivation, not the whip, but the tongue, not the gun, but the information campaign. And these have been used through time. So we left off last week with the testimonial device, and that was number four. To follow along, download the PDF source in the show notes, and the link is there so you can get that PDF. Moving on to number five, the plain folks device. The IPA states that this device is, quote, a device used by politicians, labor leaders, businessmen, and even by ministers and educators to win our confidence by appearing to be people like ourselves, quote, just plain folks among the neighbors. In election years especially, do candidates show their devotion to little children and the common homey things in life by showing they're just plain folks. In short, they would win our votes by showing that they're just as common as the rest of us and therefore wise and good. Businessmen are often just plain folks with the factory hands. Even distillers use this device. Quote, it's our family's whiskey, neighbor, and neighbor, it's your price. That's from volume one of the IPA document for propaganda analysis. So we know a lot about this device, don't we? It's everywhere. And clearly that was the go-to that Obama used. If you were playing a drinking game during one of his stump speeches and the word was folks, you would be wasted. He wanted us to believe, he needed us to believe, that he was just like us to accomplish all the astonishing rollbacks in U.S. citizen rights right under our noses. It was incessant. And it really just goes under your skin and in your brain if it's said enough, doesn't it? Like any branding. Meanwhile, he repeals habeas corpus and rolls back the Tom Bunt Act and allows propaganda on American citizens. Lots has changed, and I'd bet most of the American people do not even know that these things happened. 
so slick. Moving on, the sixth device listed is card stacking. This is where the quote propagandist employs all the arts of deception to win our support for himself, his group, nation, race, policy, practice, belief, or ideal. He stacks the cards against the truth. He uses underemphasis to dodge issues and evade facts. He resorts to lies, censorship, and distortion. He omits facts. He offers false testimony. He creates a smokescreen of clamor by raising a new issue when he wants an embarrassing matter forgotten. He draws a red herring across the trail to confuse and divert those in quest of facts he does not want revealed. He makes the unreal appear real and the real appear unreal. He lets half-truths masquerade as truth. By the card-stacking device, a mediocre candidate, through the build-up, is made to appear an intellectual titan, an ordinary prize fighter, a probable world champion, a worthless patent medicine, a beneficent cure. By means of this device, propagandists would convince us that a ruthless war of aggression is a crusade for righteousness. Some members of nations of non-interventionists committee send their troops to intervene in Spain. Card stacking employs sham, hypocrisy, and effrontery. Now for this one, I read the entire description because it's kind of tricky. This is something since I started speaking out that I have experienced day in and day out firsthand. It's incessant literally to uneven the playing field. But isn't that cheating, you may ask? It sure the hell is. And that's the point. I've been so disappointed with how petty my abusers have shown themselves since I publicly put myself in opposition to them. And it seems to be any group or leader who's criticized going petty is the move. To me, card stacking, well, it can't get more petty than that. Not allowing your enemy to succeed by using connections to go behind their back and prevent them with obstructionism, you have no confidence in yourself then. That's the real way of the world, and it's really sad. It's a sad way to win. To me, if I did that, it'd be seriously hollow victory. Those are my rules, not those of the propagandists. The propagandists want to win by any means necessary, and cults, religions, politicians do this move all the time. The card stacking best example I can think of is to limit the U.S. to two parties. As a duopoly and continuous warring faction, we get nothing the people want done, and anything can be controlled by the endless cash of corporations owned by the elite, period. The system is bought and sold and slow to change because it's set up that way. Talk about card stacking. And to be complete, for those of you who have never played cards, the reference is to a deck of cards, which has only so many types of each card. To win, you may need a queen, and there are only four queens. Card stacking allows the politician would-be manipulator to never lose because they cheat and stack the deck. It's really sad and desperate and lets you know they don't want to depend on their own skills, so perhaps they don't have any. And for number seven, the bandwagon. To make us follow the crowd, the Volume 1 Institute for Propaganda Analysis says to accept the propagandist's program in mass. Here, his theme is everybody's doing it. His techniques range 
from those of medicine show to dramatic spectacle. He hires a hall, fills a great stadium, marches a million men in parade. He employs symbols, color, music, movement, all the dramatic arts. He appeals to the desire common to most of us. All the artifices of flattery are used to harness the fears and hatreds, prejudices, and biases, convictions, and ideals common to the group. Thus, emotion is made to push and pull the group on to the bandwagon. In news articles and in spoken word, this device is also found. Don't throw your voice away. Vote for our candidate. He's sure to win. Nearly every candidate wins in every election before the votes are in. (laughs) That's a good comment. So that one is so easy to see, I think. I like to call it everybody's doing it. The idea that I should do it because everybody is. Didn't your mom say if your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you do that too? Even mom knew when propaganda was in play. But this is a thing. I mean, the average person looks on social media for what to do, what to say, read, listen to, and think next. What's the new hip hop slang? When do these sneakers come out? To get the new fashion tips and all to get that moment of inclusion and being called cool by your peers and neighbors. As a recap, the IPA wrote, Observe that in all these devices, our emotion is the stuff with which propagandists work. Without it, they are helpless. With it, harnessing it to their purposes, they can make us glow with pride or burn with hatred. They can make us zealots in behalf of the program they espouse. Without the appeal to our emotions, to our fears and to our courage, to our selfishness and unselfishness, to our loves and to our hates, propagandists would influence few opinions and fewer actions. Skipping ahead, quote, the intelligent citizen does not want propagandists to utilize the emotions, even to the attainment of good ends without knowing what's going on. He does not want to be used in the attainment of ends he may later consider bad. He does not want to be gullible. He does not want to be fooled. He does not want to be duped, even in a good cause. He wants to know the facts, and among these is included the fact of the utilization of emotions. And to highlight this next part, at election time or during any campaign, plain folks and bandwagon are common. Card stacking is the hardest to detect because it's adroitly executed or because we lack the information necessary to nail down the lie. A little practice with the daily newspaper in detecting these propaganda devices soon enables us to detect them elsewhere, in radio, in newsreels, books, magazines, and in expression of labor unions, business groups, churches, schools, political parties. The document then navigates through Nazi Germany the entire seven devices and gives suggested discussion exercises for the class. For me, it's astonishing to see an open instruction about critical thinking. And it's also disappointing because it was there in the United States and it got taken away. So we would not be able to see it coming. Oh boy. Enjoy the document and your newfound 
ability to recognize propaganda, a must-have for all critical thinkers. Thank you, IPA of 1938. So sorry you didn't make it. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes of a Cold Kid, and always keep critical thinking. Hot Takes of a Cold Kid. Check out frankietees.substack.com for more information.